This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers! Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where three coffee professionals, co-workers, and friends get together and we pick a coffee that we think is interesting and <laughs> we look up the history, we learn something, usually we learn something kind of crazy, and then we tell you about it. And then we try the coffee, and you can decide if you want to try it too. I'm Jenny, and I run all of the operations at a coffee company called Modest Coffee. And I'm Marcus, your green coffee buyer and good food award-winning coffee roaster and expert witness. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Stephanie. I've been the employee of the month at Modest Coffee for 35 consecutive months. Yay! Thanks for dealing with us for all this time, Steph. (laughs) So nice of you. Especially that guy over there. (laughs) So we're here. I'm going to be telling you a tale today of outer space coffee and the history of coffee in outer space. I'm hoping that it goes okay. I had oral surgery yesterday. This is, you know, just (laughs) going the extra mile. I am so committed to the people who are listening to us right now. I will show up in any condition. Surgery, (laughs) sick, I don't care. I'm going to be here. You know what they say when you shoot for the moon... Even if you don't make it. You land in the stars. There you go. The Aww. moon's very far away, I learned through researching <laughs> for this episode. How far away is it? Uh, it is a long ways. I'll tell you later. You have to be patient. But it's Now, you're just getting right into it today. Do we have any clarifications? Yeah, we do. We do have today? clarifications. Okay. Steph said that she had a clarification. I have a couple tiny clarifications. Okay, great. I want to hear them. Uh, you know, I, I woke up this morning for some reason still wondering where the name Led Zeppelin came from. Do you remember that conversation from <laughs> yeah. like 18 episodes ago? Yeah, totally. Yes. Top of mind for me too. <laughs> so this morning I looked it up and you it was... You called Robert Plant. I called, I called Jimmy Page. No. Is Robert, one of them's dead, I think, right? Oh, one of them's not dead, are they? I don't know. Oh, well, time to make some more clarification. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just imagine the voicemail message for Robert Plant being like... You've reached Robert Plant's voicemail, and yes, Led Zeppelin is this. <laughs> Please don't leave a voicemail. I won't check it. Guys, you'll be happy to... <laughs> They're both alive. I thought so. Good. Robert Plant is 73, and Jimmy Page is 78. Jesus! They oh my are God. up there. I mean, good for them. Keith Moon came up with the name Led Zeppelin. They were performing as the New Yardbirds. I guess Jimmy Page was telling Keith Moon about his idea for a band. And Keith Moon said, that'll go down like a lead balloon. (laughs) (laughs) And then they were like, Lead Balloon, Led Zeppelin, that'd be a good band name. But they were also considering Mad Dogs and Whoopee Cushion. Oh, God. (laughs) And performing as the New Yardbirds. I remember the New Yardbirds. 
It was Ringo Starr who was like, those are stupid names. You should go with Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Good job, Ringo. Seriously. Thank goodness once again. Thank goodness for Ringo Starr. Wow, that's hilarious. Um, in our last episode, we talked about how the Indiana Dunes are known for killing children. Oh, yeah. Um, but I thought a kid had died and you said the kid had lived. Mm-hmm. I read a Chicago Tribune article this morning. I was like tears pouring down my face reading about this little six-year-old boy. Oh, my God, I know. Who did survive. He did live. It took them like five hours to get him out of that hole. It was like the saddest story. Especially because you have a child close to that age. Yeah. I mean, the thought of it is. really home. Oh, Oh, God. There was another kid who was 12. He was on a Boy Scout trip and he died. So I might have been confusing the stories. But he dug a cave into the side of a dune. Mm. Kids, don't do that. Don't yeah, do don't that. do that. That's a bad idea. So he crawled Oof. into the side of the dune, into this cave. It collapsed on him, and no one noticed oh right God. away. I mean, they were like 12-year-old kids. They were on the beach. They weren't <sighs> in the water. I don't think they were being watched super closely because yeah. it didn't seem like a dangerous situation. God, that's horrifying. Don't okay. go to the Indiana dunes. They will kill your children. That's, that's the so last time we learned. Indiana. And then also from the Green Day episode, we had wondered if their original band, Sweet Children, when they were like 15 years old, if that was a punk band or if they were just doing like cover songs or what. I found a YouTube video of one of their very earliest performances as Sweet Children, and it sounds pretty fucking punk to me. Oh, that's so cute. We should post that to our Facebook group. We have a private Facebook group. If you want to come find us, we're going to post that video there. No bad reviews, colon, a coffee community. Come be our friend. Yeah, Yeah. be our friend there. And the video that you played for us funny enough i thought it sounded like a green day cover oh that's funny (laughs) (laughs) thanks for all that extra bonus research today you didn't have to research an episode but you just couldn't stop yourself from researching just for like five minutes this morning it wasn't much (laughs) well i think that's awesome um all right are we ready to reveal the coffee that we're doing we've been planting this seed for weeks okay so so getting this coffee was such a pain in the ass seriously um So back earlier when we first were starting this podcast, I was just searching around and thinking of different ideas for episodes. We actually have like a whole spreadsheet of ideas Mm. and I don't know, somehow preppers came up or something. So I was like looking into MREs and and I was like, oh, I wonder astronauts, they probably just do MRE, which is, what is it? Military ready meals, meals ready ready to to eat. eat. Yeah. That's like the freeze dried Neapolitan ice cream sandwiches. That's the only thing I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) I remember my dad had some of that my dad's an interesting guy and he had some of that stuff when I was a kid and I was like yeah no I'm not gonna eat a freeze-dried steak or I'm not even gonna eat they have those I don't know I think so so anyways I started going down the rabbit hole of what do astronauts drink in space and I learned a lot there was some really unexpected ways that they drink coffee in outer space Hmm. today we are going to be trying hula girl coffee it's a Kona coffee blend freeze-dried the reason why we had to keep putting off this episode is because the company that sells it is I don't know I don't know how I would describe them not interested in shipping (laughs) 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 and so um I just started buying it from like different links that I could find online and two of the boxes of this coffee that I ordered did not show up I'm glad you got it I was worried because you've really been talking about this episode for a long time yes I've been so excited yeah so finally we got our hands on this coffee And for our Love It or Leave It, for our Patreons, we are going to be trying 
the coffee that actually went to the moon. Ooh. We're going to be trying moon coffee. So you have to head over to Patreon. So wait, um, so the coffee that we're trying today, Hula Girl coffee, is what they're currently drinking in our space they today. They offer this to astronauts today, yes. Mm. Although I don't know, I can't, I could not Delicious. confirm that they still are, and I'm wondering if they still are based on my experience trying to get my hands on it. Can I tell you? <laughs> Unless they give it all to NASA, and there's like very little left for the rest of us. They are still drinking it. I did some research did into it, yeah, Ooh. and how they're like. Okay, know, let me tell yeah. my story. <laughs> it's a really Be cool excited. Story. Be excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> so this Hula Girl coffee, I'll tell the tale of that, but I'm going to talk about some other stuff first. The coffee that went to the moon, we're going to try that during our Love It or Leave It episode. Anyway, so yeah, if you're interested in hearing our Love It or Leave It episodes and supporting the hard work that we're doing, because it's actually a lot of work to do a podcast, patreon.com slash pod. Anyways, are you guys ready? So ready. Okay. So I'm first, ready to blast off. <laughs> <laughs> so first, first, space travel has been something that people have been really interested in since like the 1800s. Huh. The idea of space travel, I found out about the, in the 1860s. Some okay, so me, I feel have always had this feeling like space travel is kind of a thing of like my era. I mean, I grew up with um, you know, the space shuttles, they were like going up into space all the time and like doing space stuff. It was something that happened a lot, and so I kind of have felt like the era of space travel is something that's really been in my lifetime and a little bit before. But I was really surprised to learn that. Um, space travel, and this makes a ton of sense. I'm just kind of a dumbass for not thinking about it. Um, space travel has been something that people have been really interested in since like the 1800s. Huh. Um, and in the 18, like 1869, 1870, Edward Everett Hale wrote a science fiction story for the Atlantic Monthly, and it was called The Brick Moon. And so he wrote this story about this gigantic fucking huge okay so this would never actually work a 200 foot wide brick sphere like was launched into space to like satellite around the earth and then like for some reason it couldn't come back to earth so the people that were on it uh just stayed and like lived on this brick moon circling around the earth um it, like the picture the illustration for it i'll show it to you guys i don't know i was just so fascinated by this because it's so fucking funny to me yeah, was it launched like a big trebuchet or something? Look, I started to read the story because I was like really fascinated by it, and I kind of like like nineteenth century literature, anyways, which is kind of weird. But I don't know. Charles, oh, you read the story? I started to, but then like it was like five pages of him just talking about how to figure out latitude or longitude, like in relation to the North Star, and like you just got to divide this thing. And I'm like, come on, man, get to the story. And then I got tired because I had oral surgery yesterday and I went to sleep. So <laughs> perhaps I'll read it. And it turned out like I was thinking like, oh, short stories for some magazine. Right. Yeah, no, it ended up being like 300 pages. Back Re- then they got paid by the word. <laughs> yeah, probably. So here's his brick moon. It's so funny. There's like books circling around a brick sphere and there's... Um, I love that drawing. Isn't it great? Um, and then like palm trees in outer space on this brick moon. <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> so I'm going to have to post that. So that's like um, one of the first mentions of like modern space travel. And I'm like, wow. So back in the 1860s, they kind of had this sense of something could be launched into space and then encircle the earth. It only took a hundred years to actually get there. But yeah, in the early 1900s, they were like super into it. And then like Russia and the United States were like 
racing. Yeah, to see who could own the moon. It was just, <laughs> it really just felt like, you know, like a big phallic wagon <laughs> thing between the United States and Russia. <laughs> we won, by the way. The moon is ours. We well, have the biggest dick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, so Russia has a lot under their belt. So they had the first satellite. They had the first man who went into space. He like went up and like looped around and came back pretty quickly. Hmm. The first woman who went into outer space, also the youngest woman to ever go into outer space. Huh. She was 26. She went up there for three days and like went around. She went around the earth in three days. 48 times. I'm like, that would make me dizzy, I think. <laughs> like, zoo, zoo, zoo. Is she going the opposite direction of the Earth? So That's she, a good like, that helps speed it up. Yeah, yeah maybe. Right. You're spinning <laughs> against it, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, not only are you an economics major, but you're also like a <laughs> physics major? Quantum no, 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 physics no. major? No, 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 no. Astrological no, no. physics? <laughs> no. So, yeah, I mean, Russia had some things under their belt, but the big prize was definitely the moon. The United States managed to get the Apollo to the moon. It's really hard. 280,000 miles away is how far the moon is. Like, that is so fucking far. <laughs> like, we just went to Portland, and that was 2,000 miles. So 280,000, a quarter of a million miles away is the moon. I can't, I don't have the ability to imagine that type of a number. Yeah. And to, like, travel that type of a number there and then somehow fucking get back. In a tiny little... It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, so the United States, it came up with some pretty interesting technology to get there. They use fuel cell technology, hydrogen and oxygen. They combine together to create energy and the byproduct is water. The Apollo spaceships that were going up there were using this technology and then they would have water for the astronauts to drink. Oh, really interesting. interesting. And then Russia, I don't... Russia tried the same thing over and fucking over again, and it never fucking worked, and then they gave up, which is so weird to me. So they had, like, this... They wanted to use combustion engines. So they had, like, 30 combustion engines that all had to fire and be fueled at the exact same time for them to work properly, and because you have 30 engines, it's really hard to, like, distribute fuel across all of them and get them firing at the same time. Mm. Were they using liquid fuel or solid fuel? I think it was like a liquid fuel because it was talking about the flow of fuel between all of these engines. And so like it would get up like nine seconds and then explode. Oh gosh. Yeah. So like these experiments that Russia was doing, they were very bad. After the first time, I, if I were a space scientist, I would have been like, I don't know if this is going to work, guys. Maybe, I don't know, Russia, I don't know. I mean, USSR wasn't actually Russia, but anyways, they did this like nine times, failed miserably every single time. Oh, wow, nine times. Yeah, a bunch of times, and then gave up on it. They're like, because the United States made it, and they were mm. like, well, fuck oh, it. Fuck we don't it. want yeah. it anymore. Anyway, so um, outer space, the Apollo missions, like that was kind of the first set of space travel for the United States. They actually had 12 people who went to the moon, which I was surprised wow, about. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a bunch of missions that they took. I can't remember how many missions it was exactly, but at 13. least... It was 13. I was going to say at least 12. <laughs> Remember that movie? Yeah. Yeah. The last <laughs> Apollo mission was Apollo 13. Yeah. But the first one that went to the moon was Apollo 11. Oh. oh. So they had like unmanned Apollo. So the Apollo was like a segment of, they weren't all manned by humans. 
not all the Apollo missions had humans on them, and not all Apollo missions made it to the moon. Oh. Yeah, so the one that actually made it to the moon was Apollo 11. And so what they did when they went up into outer space for coffee, a trip to the moon, the first one, <laughs> Apollo 11, oh, I'm going to have to do a correction already, moon is 240,000 miles away. So when the Apollo 11 went up there, eight days, it was the mission to get up there, do their moon walk, and then get back. And you can't go without coffee for eight days. Oh my God, that's insane. I know. They wouldn't get a single astronaut being like, yeah, I'm down with that. The astronauts were like, we will not fly to space if we don't have coffee, (laughs) motherfuckers. Figure it out. (laughs) You're the fucking NASA scientists. (laughs) Exactly. So what NASA did was they contracted with uh, Nestle. And Nestle, I guess, was big back then. And they were like, we need food to send up to space with the astronauts. It has to be small, like that they can eat it in one bite. And it has to be crumb-free because if crumbs start floating around and getting getting into stuff. So Nestle made a bunch of cubes, food for them, but they still allowed them to have coffee. So that's when, like right around that time, they were figuring out how to dry coffee. So NASA um, had Nestle freeze-dry coffee, and then they would put it in these pouches, and then they would mix they couldn't really get the water very hot up there. There's like some science stuff behind that. It's really hard to heat water in outer space. So they did their best. It ended up kind of being more of like lukewarm Hmm. mixed with coffee. Uh, But Michael Collins, like he has a famous quote about how when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were walking around on the moon, Michael Collins had to like go drive around the parking lot (laughs) 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 and come back and pick them up when they were done. (laughs) So when he was on the other side of the moon, he was like, you know, just talking about the experience. And he specifically mentioned how cool it was to like be out there in space by himself, just drinking his coffee. (laughs) Going around the moon. Yeah. I just got a deep, like, sinking feeling in my heart of, like, feeling like that sounds terrible. Oh. That seems like the scariest part of the whole trip to be Mm -hmm. alone and hoping those guys are okay and hoping you can pick them back up. Uh Orbiting the moon. 240 million or thousand miles away. Oh, yeah. All by yourself. I, I mean, mean that coffee. Is, literally, you don't get any more alone than being on the far side of the moon <laughs> drinking a cup of coffee oh yeah. by yourself. Right. Insane. Right. That is scary and really cool, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it was lukewarm, you're it was saying. Lukewarm. <laughs> right. And he, in the, in, the, in the quote, he called it hot coffee, but in the article I was reading, they were like, eh, that's probably a little bit of a stretch. But, uh. Oh, so what was the quote? It was perfectly enjoyable. I had hot coffee. I had music if I wanted it. I was not one iota lonely. It was 40-something minutes of peace and quiet. (laughs) I mean, how rough did he have it at home? Did he have, like, 17 children where he had to go 240,000 miles away to the dark side of the moon to get some peace and quiet? Well, maybe he was just tired of being with those two. I mean, how big is that space shuttle? It's like a tiny space and eight days with these two other guys. Right? (laughs) You could just stretch out. Maybe that was really the issue. Did they masturbate in space? (laughs) What? Oh, no. Marcus, we're not going to be having this conversation again. I'm not having All it I'm on I'm saying air. is You're that if I had out. private space for 40 minutes oh my God. around the moon. Was. He couldn't wait to drop those guys off so he could finally masturbate and have a cigarette and a cup of coffee. Was, were cigarettes? There so, were definitely cigarettes. Okay, well, yeah. I, I, will make, I will clear it up that NASA has on official record said that they don't know if anybody's ever pleasured themselves in outer space. Really? You officially 
that's well you're I not didn't, just making that up. I'm not making it up. <laughs> I was like I was doing my various Google searches uh-huh. and that um it was like do astronauts and I can't remember what I was searching, <laughs> but it was like Google's top search suggestion was jack off in space. <laughs> and I was like, Well I hadn't wondered that, but now that you've asked <laughs> And no answer. We have no yeah, answer. Yeah, NASA is like their official response is we don't know, but what they do in the privacy of their own bathroom breaks or whatever it's up to them (laughs) so anyways yeah taster's choice from um nestle if you wanted coffee like nasa had it pre-prepared before you went up there with your cream and your sugar and then you just injected your lukewarm water into it and then drink it out of a bag like a capri sun yeah basically um and in fact today when we try hula girl coffee we're gonna try it like astronauts so i bought some little pouches that said that they are hot proof they are like applesauce pouches you can see them on the table oh is that what those are for yeah that's what those are for we're gonna drink our coffee like an astronaut and i've got out some straws i tried to see if i could actually find space pouches but i couldn't find them anywhere oh i'm really excited this is gonna be fun we're gonna drink them just like astronauts hopefully it doesn't get too hot um anyway so then um 1977 the ussr and the united states literally shook hands and called a truce in the space race They were no longer fighting against each other to get to outer space. They called a truce and said, you know what? This is dumb. Let's, like, be cool. Work together. Space is big enough for both of us. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And Russia never ended up getting anybody to the moon. Hmm. Nobody from Russia's gone yet. I feel like it's cool to say you went to the moon, but, I mean, what's the point of it, really? It's so expensive. That's why the United States stopped sending people to the moon. You have to – it's astronomical. So much money to go that far away. Yeah, I mean, you figure, like, the gas mileage of a car is, like, 30 miles to the gallon, so... How Seriously. Many, how many gallons of fuel does it take to go 280 feet? Well, we'll, we'll get into some of those costs later miles. of the space program, but yeah, they were like, okay, we've been up there a bunch of times, what are we going to keep doing? I mean, it's the fucking moon, we've got some rocks, we've studied this shit, like what else are we doing yeah is this worth the cost yeah Yeah, exactly um and so for some reason now people are like let's move to mars why aren't people trying to i mean like mars is so far why wouldn't you try to colonize the moon first you know if we would just stop destroying this planet we wouldn't have to worry about where we were going next well so far the only people who can afford to move to mars are people that we might be okay letting go yeah. because they're kind of the ones destroying this planet. <laughs> go ahead and Goodbye. send them. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Please. But you know that Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and everybody, they'd still keep their interests on Earth mm-hmm. so that they can fund their lifestyle on Mars. On Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just so dumb. Yeah. How are you going to... I don't know. There's. I've got so many questions. It just... Whatever. We'll do that on the Mars Coffee Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. That coffee's hot, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the next era of space travel in the United States was the space shuttle, space shuttle era. So that went, uh, from 1981 and its final landing was 2011. So yeah, eight, 30 the, years of space shuttle. Wow. Columbia yeah. missions. Yeah. They had a bunch of them. There was five space shuttles. Um, and two of them are the ones that crashed and burned that had unfortunate endings. And I read something somewhere that like the space shuttle program was just stupid, uh, it was really expensive. There was only a few manufacturers of parts, and they were price gouging. In fact, like NASA needed parts at one point and had to like resort to eBay <laughs> 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 to buy parts. Wow. <laughs> like okay, like nowhere else in transportation 
do you have a 40% failure rate right. that costs oh. like a billion dollars per trip? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, the space shuttles are 122 feet long. There's actually three parts to the shuttle. So the one that I'm talking about is called the orbiter. So the orbiter had three parts, like a really small little cabin in front where the astronauts lived. The majority of the orbiter was like a cargo deck. And so they had tons of shit in there. Like the arm and stuff. I remember pictures of the little reciprocating mm. arm grabbing stuff and moving stuff on the space station yeah exactly yeah so that's and they were still going up there like most of it at the end was you know space station stuff but in the beginning i think they're like when i say for fun they're probably just doing like experiments on your body when you go up into space and you know whatever well, if Kerbal Space Program has taught me anything, you it know, is fun going to space. That's what I mean, Kerbal Space Program has taught me. I mean, I think, I think it would be fun for a lot of people. And the space shuttle, so the space shuttles, those seem, like, the orbiters seem kind of fucking scary. So, like, first you, like, blast off and you get up into outer space. But when you come down, you are just gliding. You're <sighs> gliding. You're not, like, steering. You're not using engines. No, like, you get in, and you're just a little glider, and you got to hit this fucking runway somehow, and then a parachute opens to stop you. Do you know how big, like, the cabin is where the astronauts live? Like, I I just feel like two weeks, and, I mean, you're kind of physically uncomfortable, I would presume. Yeah. And I was really wondering about that, too. And what I figured out is about 2,000 square feet, but it's split up, and there's seven people in there. Oh. oh. So two people would always be up top in the flight deck controlling it. And then you'd have five people down below, and there was no fucking space down there. None. It looked so tiny. So you've got, like, a triple bunk bed, and then you've got two sleeping bags that attach to the wall. But because you're in outer space, it doesn't really matter if you're what direction <laughs> you're facing. That's funny. Yeah, I think that's one of the craziest parts. So the people who sleep in the sleeping bags are, like, strapped into the wall. <laughs> and and then they just have some like chairs in this common area and it's a really small common area you've got a tiny little toilet tiny little sink and then like you have your two sleeping bags and then you've got your triple decker bunk bed where you just have like a small opening and then the rest of it goes back behind some storage stuff like there's really no room in here oh my gosh that's like the worst because like you're you're both claustrophobic and then surrounded by infinite space right? yeah <laughs> Oh, my God. In all directions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So this is what I'm kind of finding. It's like the length of the mission equals quality of coffee. So, you know, they go to the moon. That's like a week-long trip, round trip. And they just have fucking taster's choice from Nestle. Then April 1981, the first shuttle, Ellison Onizuka in the 1980s, he suggested, like, I'm from Hawaii. Let's take up this hula girl coffee. Oh. So NASA was like, great idea. Why not? And so then they started taking up hula co- girl coffee. Unfortunately, he was one of the people who died in the Challenger space shuttle explosion oh. in 1986. But they Ooh. still carry that coffee up into space. And I couldn't find anything that specifically said it was, like, in memory of him. But I think that there might be a little bit of an element of this guy's the guy who recommended it. And once he recommended it, they started Hula Girl was the coffee throughout the space shuttle era that they took up into outer space with them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you guys too young to remember the Challenger explosion? No, I remember it happening. I kind of remember yeah. it. I don't remember it very well. 
I, there was another one in 2003, the Columbia mm. explosion. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. The Columbia. So the Challenger, I think that one... Was that? Like, that one, that one miss, miss, or failed shortly after takeoff. Very quickly. Yeah. yeah, like 30 seconds or something. That's the one that there was a teacher on. Like, oh, you yeah. could nominate your teacher. <sighs> and they chose a teacher that was, like, nominated by her students. And that's the reason every kid in the country was watching that launch, because it was like this woman was going to yeah. be teaching from space. Yeah. It was a big deal. Every classroom had a TV. Oh, my God. And every kid watched that shuttle <sighs> blow up. Jesus. It was awful. That's horrifying. Oh, my God. And all That those... would have been like early 80s, though, That was right? 1986. Yeah. So you so were too little to two. remember. I was yeah. only four, so I, but I do remember hearing about it. It was one of those things that, you know, didn't just happen. It's something that you kind of heard about. And then I didn't notice know right. much about it, but I did not know that all those kids mm-hmm. were watching. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Jeez. That's part of the reason it was so tragic for everyone because everybody felt connected to it. Yeah. Wow. Right. Oh my God. For all the space shuttles to malfunction yeah. in a fiery mess. That was really sad. Oof. That was really sad. That the- probably turned off a bunch of kids too from wanting to be astronauts then. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Oh. That's really why they had to turn off the shuttle program they didn't have anybody 20 years later willing to be astronauts well the other one was in 2003 which i felt like i should remember better but i think there was a teacher on that one too no there was not stop (laughs) that one actually was really fucked up because i don't remember that one so 2003 was the columbia disaster went up into outer space circled did their whole mission coming back and then had a malfunction on the glide down and exploded so it's like that one sucks too because it's like you've gone up, you've done your mission, you feel great, you're like, I'm heading back. I have to imagine astronauts also feel a little like freaked out about it. Reentry is scary. Yeah. And then for that to happen at the very end, that's mm. really upsetting too. So that's the shuttles, the space shuttle missions. Also our first introduction into a, a next step up type of coffee for taster's <laughs> choice also something you know a truly american kona coffee mm. so they were drinking hula girl kona blend up there mm. so hula girl already had a freeze-dried instant coffee mm-hmm. or they created one that's a good question i don't know if it was freeze-dried before or after onizuka requested it but i do know that nowadays astronauts can request pretty much any coffee that they want and nasa will freeze dry it and oh. set them up with it so it could be that onizuka requested it and then that's maybe where nasa started doing the technology of freeze drying it and sending it to outer space oh my god if you're an astronaut listening to this podcast request our coffee oh my gosh i know and Modest sign up for patreon could go into space that would be fun anyway so then after the space shuttles the next phase of space travel is the international space station in 1984 the um, there's an american proposal to construct a permanently manned earth orbiting station um they were going to call it the space station freedom Permanently manned. Permanently manned. I guess I didn't realize that, but that makes sense. Yeah, so the International Space Station is permanently manned. There's (sighs) always people up there. And now... Most astronauts, when they go up there, typically do a six-month stint. Oh, God. What a nightmare that would be. Oh, God. Mm. Um, It is the largest artificial object in space and the largest satellite for the Earth. Um, It's about 300 feet long. It's been continuously occupied since November of 2000. Wow. Yeah. And they're going to, they they have a plan to take it all apart, crash it into the Pacific Ocean in 2031. 
Really? Yeah. I think that they've done all the experiments they feel like they can do up there. They were only supposed to be up there for 15 years, and now they're already overdue, I So guess. why another 10 years? Like, it's funny that you would set a date so 10 years away when you don't know what you're going to be needing or doing 10 years from now, really. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Maybe they have to prepare. Is there like, a new... They have to start taking it apart? Yeah, so maybe like a there's Lego like a set? new one that they're going to put up. Like, oh, all the stuff that's on here, you figure, is now 30 years old. Like, maybe they've just reached a point where they're, it's beyond upgrading. Mm. Like, let's just build a new one. We've got to buy be. some new parts on eBay and start yeah. over. Right. <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't Elon Musk go fucking buy that for $42 billion and just be like, that's my home away from home in space? That's a good question. Please go. Yeah. I know. <laughs> right. Like, that would be so dope if a billionaire was like, don't crash it. I'll just take it. That would be cool. That would be cool. I would, like, feel better about a billionaire then. I they, don't know. If they left this earth and lived somewhere else forever. I don't know. If they bought the ISS and was like, that's mine now. I wonder if, like, a billionaire is like, I don't want that old ass piece of junk. You know, know, it's, like, too old and used for them. Maybe. I mean, I don't yeah. know. It's been continuously occupied by only seven people. For 30 years. Oh, God. Yeah. And like one half is Russian, one half is United States. I've heard that it does get a little claustrophobic, mm -hmm. and you do get a little sick of the people that you're <laughs> up there with, <laughs> which I can totally imagine. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It orbits the Earth 90 times a day. And I've listened on the Moth podcast. Um, there's like an astronaut that's gone on there a few times and talks that's about a good his. Episode. Yeah. He's been up there a couple of times, and he'll talk about how he's out there, like doing a spacewalk on the out outside of the international space station and it's like dark and then light and then dark and then light <laughs> dark and then light like every 90 minutes it's a day it's like wow. dark light rotation yeah isn't that crazy yeah space so fucking weird man yeah i mean i think it'd be kind of cool to experience if you didn't have to like go up there you know <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of terrifying you can just do that in like a salt bath isolation chamber oh, yeah sure. that's true mm -hmm. yeah you know i wonder if they could have an isolation chamber where you just lay in there for 90 minutes and then they come and they like open up the top and then you lay there for another 90 minutes and then they close it shine a bright light in there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so the the living in the working space in the international space station is larger than a six-bedroom house has six bedrooms two bathrooms a gym because they got to work out for two hours every day to keep their muscles oh. from being up there for so long. Mm. Um, and then they also, this sounds pretty cool, a 360 degree bay window for like Ooh. really catching the outside like space. I mean, like it's pretty great to like lay out in a field and like look up at the stars. Right. Like, could you imagine being in the stars, looking at the stars? Be so I imagine cool. we're pretty terrifying mm -hmm. is it that different because the stars are still really far away from the space station yeah right? yeah i mean that's true just get this like earth globe view is pretty cool the view of the earth that would yeah. be that really would be cool. cool right maybe you see way more stars well i mean like looking at the flat earth from up there like are you, you a flat know? earther <laughs> <laughs> marcus is gonna stake his claim right now <laughs> no absolutely not <laughs> Marcus is a flat earther. Uh, Somehow I stay married to him. I don't know. No, I'm not a flat No, forget it. You can't say that with a straight face. All right. Um, yeah. It's like, ah. Uh. Um, wait, so you do believe in the moon landing, but you... <laughs> no. I, I, I believe in nothing. 
That's what I believe in. No. Marcus is full of... No, I just was teasing. That's for one listener in particular. <laughs> You've pissed off one listener. <laughs> one listener. <laughs> or one flat earther listener. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so now the International Space Station. So they go up there. They stay for a really long time. So when you're up there in space for that long, like drinking freeze-dried coffee gets a little lame. And so... Um, Tim Hortons, the Canadian company. Ooh, Timmy's. Yeah, they've sent coffee up there. Death Wish has sent coffee up there. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. <laughs> That's bullshit. I know. I don't like it either. Modest could make it into space. Mm-hmm. I feel right. Like. Death Wish could. I mean. I know. Right. Starbucks has sent coffee up there. Of course. Yeah. Can you get a Frappuccino in space? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 2000, so, but like, same thing. It's. Not great. You're drinking it out of a Capri Sun. Mm -hmm. Part of the experience of drinking coffee is, you know, the aroma Mm. and the aromatics. And it's an experiential thing. It's not just a let's drink this down with a straw. So astronauts and scientists and innovators have collaborated on a few different projects, which I found to be kind of fun. All the water up there is filtered. All of your wastewater, sweat water, water like water you used to clean with is all recycled and then turned back into coffee so like astronauts have a joke up there that today's coffee is going to be tomorrow's coffee (laughs) i mean my understanding is it's the best filtration system it better be anywhere (laughs) right yeah you guys remember the movie Waterworld? No. Okay, never mind. Okay. Um, So anyways, back to 2013. Rice University had some engineering students, and they decided to design some new techniques for astronauts to make hotter coffee. So they called themselves Houston, We Have Coffee, which I thought was so cute. (laughs) Love university students. They're so cute. Um, And they designed a system using hotter water to reconstitute everything. So basically how it works is when you go to space, you're allowed rations. And you're allowed up to three coffee rations per day. And you have to tell them before you go up there how you want your ration. Do you Mm. want it with cream and sugar? Do you want it black? Well, they designed this system that you could then have the choice while you're up there. You're like, oh, I'm feeling like cream and sugar and hula girl coffee today. Or I'm just feeling like hula girl black. So you could, it was customizable. Okay. Mm. So that was the first step in customization. The second step in customization is pretty fun. In 2015, um, there's an Italian engineering company called Argotech. They worked with Lavazza, the big Italian coffee company, and they created an espresso machine for outer space. (laughs) Like, what a far cry from Taster's Choice on the Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Yeah. So... Like, making coffee in space is really hard to do because, one, like, the weightlessness to get the water hot enough is really hard. But then, two, if you have any liquid escaping, like, that could really fuck some stuff up. So it can create a really big mess. So making sure that liquid does not escape is really hard. They called it the ISS Presso, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was cute. Um, And a pre-ground coffee into the machine. Then they used 201 degree Fahrenheit water. Mm. So that was also a big step, was making sure that the water was hot enough to brew a properly extracted cup of coffee. Because they were just using pre-ground coffee in these pods. It wasn't like reconstituted freeze-dried coffee. So this was about as fresh as you could get it. Wow. And then the water would achieve nine bars of pressure. 
Amazing. Like an espresso That's machine. That's what I was curious about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got up to pressure. And it resulted in a two espresso, and then it was still pumped into a drink pouch. But um, this was the first time that astronauts could have properly brewed wow. hot coffee in outer space. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm more excited about going to space now yeah. that this technology exists. <laughs> well... They only did it as an experiment, and then they retired it. Oh. Which is so stupid. Why did they do but that? But it worked. It yeah, worked, it worked great. So what's the problem? I don't know. I mean, dealing with nine bars of pressure inside of a it, space, I mean, it, I could see that being, like, maybe a little terrifying. Um, what if it breaks, and then you've got hot, pressurized water being shot in... 360 yeah. degrees. I mean, uh, wait, I don't know. They left it up there for 32 months. I'll bet you, <laughs> knowing the Italians, they're like, we'll have it up here when it's us, but then we take it back with us. We're not up here. It's ours. This is funny. This was like an official NASA experiment to try to make like hand-brewed coffee. <laughs> so it's kind of almost like an AeroPress type of thing. But they also retired that one too. I it's think it's just be too pressure risky. pressure and water, right? Exactly. I, I mean, think it's I'm too like risky. terrified for NASA. Yeah, you're probably right. You know. One other thing that they came up with in outer space the zero gravity cup (laughs) (laughs) so you've got this concern of like liquids escaping and getting into stuff but even if you have liquid in a cup i guess it's really hard to get the liquid out of the cup because you like try turning it over and the water the liquids don't just come out yeah um and so it's like i guess if you want to drink out of a cup in outer space you have to kind of lap it up with your tongue (laughs) I would, these are all challenges I would have never thought about. Me neither. Right. So the first iteration of the Zero Gravity Cup was um, 2008. It was a plastic cup, so you could squeeze it with the sides of your hand, and it was almost like a teardrop shape. And you could, like, squeeze the sides, and then the surface tension would, like, push the water towards the lip of the cup, and then you could, like, slurp it once it got there. But it wouldn't just like... No, it doesn't just float away. Somehow like the surface tension holds it together. If you've seen astronaut videos where they have their drink pouch, they'll like squeeze a little bit of like a dropout and then they're kind of like bite the ball of liquid. (laughs) I don't know how it all works. So that was the first one. And then 2016, um, I tried so hard to see if I could buy some of these cups, and I could not. I was really (laughs) upset. There was a fluid physicist at Portland State University named Mark, I don't know, Weisluggle? Weisluggle. Mark W. (laughs) A a guy named Mark, who is a fluid physicist. (laughs) It had this really strange shape to it. It looks like a cup, which is really cool, but it has this strange, um, like, it's almost like a bird shape. It looks like a little mouse or a little slipper. Oh, yeah, like a little mouse. A slipper. That's a good way to, like, a glass slipper. Is that a soft plastic also? As far as I can tell, you can't squeeze it, but whatever the design and the shape of it, it causes the liquid to be able to be drinking and that was like really important for astronauts because then they could smell the coffee Mm. as they're drinking it and that's so cool yeah and so and then there's like that the hand like aeropress type thing that i was talking about that actually was attached to the bottom of one of those cups so you would squeeze this hot water through your pod and then it would force it into that cup and then you would be able to tilt your cup back and 
like you the know, shape forced the liquid to move in a certain way that would push it into your mouth. Oh my gosh. It looks like a cup that's about to go to a dinner party. It's got little like collars. Yeah, it does have a little <laughs> collar. So that's like where your mouth would go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand fluid physics, but I think it's pretty cool. I think it's really amazing that they put so much effort into figuring out a way to allow people to enjoy a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very so much cool. effort. Yeah. And then they have like legitimate experiments. And, it, you know, I think that they would not have done this if they were just doing space shuttles. It's the fact that you're living up there right. for six months and people are like, oh, man, this sucks. I'm tired of drinking my coffee through a Capri Sun. Right. Like, it just kind of goes to show how important coffee is to people that even when you go to outer space, like, they will go to extreme lengths to make coffee as much like it is at home. I think it's cool. I think it's, it's really, really cool. cool. Yeah. That's why I, you know, I'm Italian and I'm not surprised my Italian folks were like, we're going to figure out espresso. That's, yeah. We got to make <laughs> Absolutely. that happen in space. Really cool. I know. For sure. I know. It's really cool. Yeah. It's super fun. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like the whole world has come together, different parts of the world across the globe to make coffee accessible to astronauts in space. I love it. Me too. So anyways, that's all I really have to say about coffee in space. Hula Girl Coffee itself, impossible to find any information. (laughs) I did all of my research techniques. I went to, like, you know, the government pages. I was looking up trademarks. I was looking up everything. Just give me a fucking name. I even found employees that work at the company and Googled their names. I called three different phone numbers that I could find online. Oh, my gosh. Like, I could not get through to anybody Mm. about this coffee. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, it was impossible just to get it shipped to me. Yeah. So as far as I can tell, it's some, like, you know, middle-aged white guy. He looks like he is probably some sort of a hippie dude who went out to Hawaii and kind of made himself a businessman. Um, But, like, runs it like a Hawaiian. He's like, eh, you know. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Basically, the website's so funny. It's definitely a relic of a bygone internet era. (laughs) There's just, like, you know, information here and information there and a whole line of boxes on the left (laughs) and, uh, like, huge long walls of text talking about this and that. He sells, like... 2,000 different items, like oh my God. All everything. Her, all Hula Girl branded, all by the Hula way. All Hula Girl branded, yes, exactly. But so, not all coffee. Not all. all coffee. He's got, like, cigars. He's got mouse pads. He's got, like, <laughs> everything. <laughs> Hula Girl, like, figurines. It's like Spaceballs, huh. or it's like Spaceballs merchandise, you know? <laughs> everything is merchandise. We got Hula Girl. Hula Girl flamethrower! <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's funny because when you said you couldn't find anything, I spent literally 30 seconds and I was like, oh, this is clearly the wrong website. This is like, it looked like the Oriental Trading Company where they just have like a thousand. Yes. And I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm on the wrong track, but I guess. No, you're on the right track. That was the track. You were on the track. Yeah. No, it's, um, it just, it like cracks me up. The company was started in 1997 you know, the website looks like it hasn't been updated much since then. Mm. Since 1997, yeah. <laughs> I think the guy just adds. He just adds. I think his brain, he gets something in his brain, and he goes and he writes, like, a four-paragraph line of text about that item. And it's like the website of a, a madman, a hula girl madman. What, what else can I put up here? 
I wonder what that astronaut's relationship was to this coffee company. Like, was this what his mom drank at home? Or was he like, I know this crazy guy. Yeah. I'm going to get his coffee in space. I vote that. Or like, maybe they were neighbors. <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure so it out because he... runs a coffee company. Let's bring that up. <laughs> well, you know, actually, now that we're talking about it, because the Hula Girl company, technically, like this website, 1997, oh. but he got the coffee up there in 1981. So hmm. I wonder if maybe this guy was just like a, a local coffee roaster, perhaps. There's nothing out there. Hmm. Literally nothing. I Googled this guy seven ways from Sunday. I tried different spellings of his name. I tried looking up, you know, because he also has an, like, there's a corporate address in Oregon, too. Oh. Hmm. I did so much fucking detective work, and I could not get to the bottom of it, and it was really frustrating to me. Hmm. Sorry, Jenny. Yeah. I tried. I tried. But, yeah, it said specifically Hula Girl Coffee, and so I don't know if this is the same guy from 1981. How do you own a business and have no internet presence? Getting fed on those government contracts. That's how. Yeah, right. Doesn't need to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just surfing and sending coffee to NASA. Yeah, this is life. Maybe yeah. that's probably true. Right. Hmm. You only really need one contract if it's NASA, right? Or one customer, <laughs> I should say. That's true. You know. Well, forty thousand dollars a pound. <laughs> just like the people at the space shuttle parts right. yeah exactly well they do make as far as i could tell 2.2 million dollars a year and i could only find himself plus two other people in his employee wow yeah i mean i don't know that's all i could find we're gonna have to go to hawaii i guess if we really want to get to the bottom of it yeah. no well i looked up the address begrudgingly and the, the funny thing was <laughs> i looked up the address of the place and google street view gave me a drugstore like a Walgreens, like a Hawaiian Walgreens, hmm. whatever their drugstore He's brand. Like above it. <laughs> yeah, right. Or behind, or like in the basement. I don't know. It's all fucking weird. I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see what this coffee's like. I uh, will talk just a little bit about Kona coffee. Yeah. You know, I figure this is a good opportunity. America's for coffee. America's coffee. It arrived in Hawaii by this guy named Don Francisco de Paulo Marine. I think that's how you pronounce it. Wow. He was a Spaniard. He brought it over in 1817. And he was, like, super into horticulture. Like, oh. this guy has always been into plants, even when he was a kid, back, like a teen back in Spain. So it's just always been his thing. Um, somehow he ended up in California. And then he was, this is a fun word, he was Shanghai'd <gasps> to Hawaii. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what Shanghai'd means? It's like a kidnapping, isn't it? Yeah. But it's still a really fun term, I think. <laughs> like, it just, like, when you say you've been Shanghai'd, I mean, it just sounds like something crazy has happened to you. I mean, it's really interesting. Exciting, whereas yeah. kidnapped sounds scary. Yeah. Shanghai sounds like you're going someplace yeah. on an adventure. Oh, you're yeah. Just on an, well, yeah you are this ending, is your life now. You are ending up on an adventure for sure. Wow. Yeah. So that basically, like, what they would do to Shanghai you is you would be in a pub, like a bar, and they would either like attack you or get you really wasted or drug your drink. And then they would put you on a boat and then you'd wake up on a boat headed to wherever you were getting taken. And why? For what purpose? A lot of times it'd be like a political hit, usually. Like maybe somebody wanted to take out another business owner. Also, like if you piss somebody off, they would hire someone to Shanghai you. Like, you know, you made an advance on some guy's girlfriend or, you know, you got into a bar fight with somebody and talk mm. shit to them. And they, you know, if you're like kind of an outsider, they would hire their friends to Shanghai you. It would happen in like port places. So you'd just wake up on a boat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then you're like, well, fuck, I don't know where I'm going now. And like, you weren't necessarily even to be a captive, like, now your life is working on this boat. <laughs> it was just to send you away 
And you wake up in some other place like, well, fuck, man. So he got Shanghai <laughs> to Hawaii, <Okay. laughs> which I thought was crazy. Um, that sounds great. I wish it would happen to me. <laughs> yeah, right. You wake up and you're like, like, I'll bet you the guys on the boat sometimes probably had nothing to do with it. And they're like, yeah, well, they're transporting. Yeah, exactly. They. Pro- I don't think that people on the boats like... They probably had, like, a friend, and a friend would be like, I'm dropping this guy in your boat, and they'd be like, all right, whatever, put him down below. <laughs> right. I don't think they really cared that much. And I right. think it was so common. I think it was extremely <laughs> common, Shanghaiing. So, anyway, so he ends up, he's now Shanghai to Hawaii, and so he managed to befriend King Kamehameha. Oh, it's King Kamehameha. Yeah. Kim, King Kamehameha? Yeah. Okay. So he befriended King Kamehameha, you're so good at that, the first, and he gave Marin land for his agricultural experiments. Oh. Yeah. So he shows up in Hawaii and he's like, hey, King dude. Like, <laughs> and I guess he was into it. The king was into it. So he gave him some land. Um, he also became such friends with King Kamehameha. Um, he also was the interpreter. And as the king aged, he helped him out and, like, took on... He basically became his right-hand man. He, like, took on some of his duties, and he was his personal assistant. Hmm. Um, and he was the one who actually introduced coffee to Hawaii. Marin was requesting seeds from Spanish colonies around the world to plant and see what worked out. He's actually credited for b- introducing a lot of the agricultural diversity to hawaii um that is there right now they've got peaches they have oranges olives and then he would send coconuts to the spanish people who were sending him Mm. seeds Mm. interesting um and so he managed to uh get some coffee plants there but the plants didn't really do that well because we know from marcus's episode on blue jamaican blue mountain coffee that coffee is it's kind of a finicky plant. So then, um, 1825, Chief Boki, he was the governor of Oahu. He managed to get some plants from Brazil, and he planted them, and he had success mm. in the Manoa Valley. From the governor's plantings, they tried to take clippings and plant them around different places in Hawaii, and they didn't really do that well. Um, then there was a uh, missionary named Samuel Ruggles. He got some cuttings from Brazil to see how they would grow, um, and it was likely they think it was like a bourbon variety of coffee. So that was 1828. I guess he planted them in Kona, and they did really well there. They have, I guess the climate there is really great for growing coffee. They have a lot of morning sun, and they have a lot of afternoon cloud cover. So it's like they get this nice sprinkling of water during the day. It warms up, but doesn't get this beating hot sun. And then the volcanic soil is really good for mm. the coffee plants, too. So they did really well. And so eight years later, there was the first commercial operation was happening in Koloa. So we're talking like in Kauai. early to mid-1800s yeah. at this point. Yeah, okay. we're getting to the mid-1800s at this point. And then by the end of the 1800s, coffee was a major crop in Hawaii. Wow. Yeah. So it was really starting to do really well. The only place that coffee did well, though, really, continued to be in the Kona region hmm. um, in Hawaii. And then 1892, this guy, Herman Weedman, was a sugar grower, and he introduced a Tipica variety, which we'll also remember from Jamaican Blue Mountain, Mm -hmm. from Guatemala, and it performed way better than Mm. the one that Ruggles had brought in from Brazil. So that one ended up um, really taking over all of the coffee crops in Kona. And they used to just call it the Guatemalan. 
in fact. <laughs> and then, um, at, so that stayed, they ca- kept calling it the Guatemalan for like 80 years and that, or 90 years, almost a hundred years. 1990s is when they rebranded it as 1990s? Kona. 1990s? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Kona Tipica is what they changed it to. Maybe they were still marketing it as Kona. I don't know the whole history of like maybe outside of Hawaii they were calling it Kona, but I kind of remember it feels like maybe 1990s is when coffee really was starting to get exported out of Hawaii, it feels like. I feel like Kona coffee, I remember there's a period in my life when Kona coffee was like such like a... Maybe that's when, right? Yeah. They rebranded it and made a big marketing push. Yeah, probably about the time that Hula Girl started selling it. Um, And then just mm. the last thing, Kona coffee we may know is very expensive or considered to be expensive. There's a few reasons for that. One of those reasons is that um, Kona coffee is grown in the United States, so it's subject to United States labor practices of higher minimum Mm -hmm. wages Um, but also Kona coffee as I understand it has a year-round growth cycle and a year-round fruiting cycle so a lot of coffees are harvested in other parts of the world are just harvested during there's a harvesting period of like two or three months or whatever Um, Kona coffee is harvested year-round and Mm. so they can't mechanically pick it because some half the coffee is not ripe so they have to hand pick all of the coffee so they're only picking the the ripest cherries which is good because then that makes for a better tasting cup of coffee so by virtue of that it's going to be a higher quality cup of coffee also kind of like the jamaican blue mountain coffee there's just not a lot of room in hawaii to grow coffee it really just grows in this one region on the side of a mountain um, in kona and that's pretty much all you're going to get. For comparison's sake, uh, about 3 million pounds of green coffee come out of Hawaii every year, which sounds like a lot, but Brazil makes 6 billion pounds (laughs) of green coffee every year. So huge difference um, in production. I really like this little Hula Girl box. And I see that you can order, there's like an ad to order a poster of Hawaii on the back (laughs) of the coffee box. It's like, it's a very prominent ad to buy a poster. Yes. I love Lots of cross-marketing. Cross-marketing. Right. So I think this guy is a real character, knowing nothing about him, but based on what I could figure out about him and assume, he seems like a real character. Things I don't like is that um, the hula girl on here definitely is a white girl. Yeah, for sure. With bright blue eyes. Yeah. Um, And then also there was something that I read that was so funny. Is it on the side of the bag? The hula girl brand is a tribute to the ladies of Hawaii whose uncompromised beauty and grace is recognized around the world. Through hula, they tell their story with the graceful movement of their hands and dance and smile. From arohana to yours with aloha. I don't know, something about it all. Like, it feels a little bit like he's, like, romanticizing. And, like, almost like these beautiful girls. It kind of, to me, maybe misses the point of, like, the, the cultural significance of hula. And then he puts like a white girl on the back. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole thing seems <laughs> it's a like, yeah. like a yeah, like a middle-aged white guy's like interpretation of a hula girl at the airport or a bar <laughs> or something. I do know that Ohana means family. Yeah. Aww. From Lilo and Stitch. That was a cute movie. <laughs> yeah. That was a cute movie. And family means no one gets left behind. Jenny, that was a really fun story. That was really. To the moon and back and Aww. landing on landing on the islands. That's yeah. great. <laughs> well, shall we brew some coffee? Yeah, let's do it. Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality single origin coffees without the snobbery. 
They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! These pouches this are looks dangerous. fascinating. It might be dangerous. <laughs> Burning hot coffee. At least it's not going to get into the control panel. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. Right. It can only burn our... Well, just, just stay away from our control panel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, hold it over your lap. Right. We're going to be fine. This doesn't seem like enough coffee. <laughs> 1.7 grams. I mean... You know, when it's freeze-dried, it, uh... It reconstitutes. It doesn't even really have... It doesn't seem to have any instructions here. In, sight, in spite of the packaging being, like, um, inappropriately <laughs> not Hawaiian enough or whatever, it's still cute. Yeah, yeah that's It's true. totally, like, it's got a, you know, oh, here's your cutesy look to it. Here's your space bags, guys. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, we can mix it. Okay, so I feel safer about this, yeah, mixing this into the bag. Pouring the freeze dried in there, pouring a little bit of water and sloshing it around. Yeah, yeah. that's basically what. And then there's caps too if you want to like smush it. Yeah, Wait, I, can, I feel that. When, Let's do that. Where do we pour in the whiskey? Ha. <laughs> You'll ha. just have to use the funnel. <laughs> I think you might need the whiskey though, do if you, I know anything. Yeah. Do you want some help, Jenny? God damn it. You're scaring me. <laughs> oh, it's really hard to open these little packets. Yeah, it is hard. What are these bags intended for? Um, I, I think like older white ladies who are trying to like sneak wine into the concert. Oh, it would be good for that. Yeah. I'm an old white lady. <laughs> These were made for you. Yeah. I, you know what I was imagining them for is sneaking clean urine into a drug test. <laughs> <laughs> so you're that kind of old white yeah, lady. Yeah. Wine's good too, though. I can pull. We are going to start implementing drug tests at Modest Coffee. At Modest Coffee. <laughs> I don't Jenny, care. I don't care. I hope you're ready to work super full time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I need a better funnel. Oh. I was able to get it in without the funnel. Look at how light that freeze-dried coffee is. It mm-hmm. is um it is like very pale brown, blondish mm-hmm. almost. It's a very light coffee. Mm. What we have here too, let me just mention is a 10% Kona blend. I thought that what they got up there was 100% Kona, but it's actually a Kona blend. So this is mm. maybe the exact coffee that went to outer space. Cool. Like literally the exact. That's really cool, Jenny. Yeah. Thank you for sure. making this happen. For real. I was very fucking determined. Yeah. So what? how much water are you going to add? Just enough to rehydrate it? I, I feel like this has got to be eight ounces is what I would assume. It doesn't say anywhere on instructions. Instructions. Wow. Buy our map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have coffee written in 18 different languages on the side of this package. <laughs> and no, like, add eight ounces of water. Nothing anywhere. My assumption is eight ounces. if you go to Hawaii, if they're, like, right off of Meh, the... You're fine. Right off the airplane, they're like... I am concerned about how am I going to get sugar and... We did get powdered cream. We got Nestle powdered cream to be just like the astronauts at the beginning. Mm, Love Nestle. I don't know if it's going to work, though. You also have to drink it with a straw. (laughs) I'm not lying. All right. I've got my about half pouch. This is some commitment. Look, if you're going to be drinking space coffee, you have to drink like a space person. 
So I've just mixed it. How back are you and feeling forth. about it? It's super cool. I feel like I'm in outer space. Good. Already. Is this out of this world? Either either outer space or like, you know, military. Like, yeah, we're gonna make coffee. I mean, I can say that after we've reconstituted this and looking at it in this bag, I mean it looks okay. Like it's of like a coffee. of a like an appropriate coffee. It doesn't look like Oh, my straw just melted. Oh, shit. Oh. You didn't get the NASA straws? The official not. NASA straws. Fuck, man. Do we have metal straws? Let me go look. <laughs> Burn our mouths on them. Oh, no. <laughs> For the O-Factory reveal. It smells coffee-ish. Yeah. Um, You know, it smells like instant coffee, I guess. Yeah, it's got a nuttier aroma. This is so fun. I kind of like drinking coffee out of a pouch. <laughs> I do like the idea. <laughs> Typically in blends. The other 90% is like the cheapest coffee that they can find. Yeah, that's so. what I was going to ask. Like, what is the point of wasting that 10% of good coffee? It's just for marketing so that they can say it's a Kona blend. Gosh, it just you know? seems like such a waste. Yeah, because you just look at that and you don't think, right. oh, that's and a 90% something else coffee. 90% cheapest Brazilian coffee you can find. So this is really nutty. It's To me, it smells like a Brazilian coffee, which is known for being those kind of like nutty, peanutty, forward aromatics, Can peanuts you... and chocolate. Yeah. I want to see you drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like burning. Like hot? Yeah. Like hot coffee? Like you can't slurp it and make it cold? You know, we're drinking this like an astronaut might drink it. And, you know, we're talking about the ISS Presso. That would brew it at 201 degrees and then into a pouch. Oh. So did they have to let it cool? How did they... Because like part of drinking coffee is you can kind of like blow on it yeah. while you're drinking it. And did they let it cool down? Like they just let it heat up to that temperature, but it had to be cooled off before they could drink it? Right. I'm going to flatten mine out a little bit. Like see if that'll cool it off faster. Today's coffee Surface is area. tomorrow's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting us use regular tap water and (laughs) not making us go full-on authentic yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean though you know what guys if you have ever looked up or researched municipal water treatment Mm. yeah that's actually like kind of what we're doing here if all the toilet water is collected and gone to the waste treatment plant and gets filtered and then sent back we know that Aurora has the best tasting water in the fucking state. What's Ooh, up? Right. Again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Aurora, for having such fine tasting waste water. I gotta say, for instant coffee out of a pouch, it's not bad. Hmm. Yeah. When is the last time that you drank instant coffee out of First a pouch? Time. First time. First time. Yeah. That's not bad. Right. I mean, if I was in, stuck in outer space in a shoebox, you know... <laughs> Like, and had this, like, I could get through. I could do my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you imagine right now holding this, like, sitting out in that 360 window deck on the International Space Station, just, like, looking up Sipping at, on looking down at Earth, looking up at the stars, like, contemplating life, drinking mm-hmm. your Hula Girl coffee. Yeah. Pleasuring yourself. Right. <laughs> I can definitely imagine that with some whiskey, too. Bring that. That'll be my ration. I don't know. I should have looked up to see what they do about alcohol in space. The Russians would not bring be, it up some, would be bringing up some vodka for sure. Tr- yeah, They're not going to be caught dead. I did read something about uh, Russians and coffee. They don't typically drink coffee in outer space. They mostly drink tea. Um, 
up there. I so thought you were going to say vodka. No. They might drink vodka. Should we Google it real quick? All right. Astronauts have snuck booze and hollowed out books to drink in space. See? (laughs) See? (laughs) Let's find out if it was... Oh, look. It looks like this is a picture of them having a real party up there. (laughs) I mean... Look, they're having some fun. Those Russians, it's for sure. They do look Russian. Right. (laughs) And the Americans are like, yeah, we're just, we're along. Yeah. We've got coffee. That's fun. Yeah, it says right here, Russian cosmonauts have admitted they've smuggled bottles of cognac in their spacesuits and intentionally mislabeled (laughs) juice bottles, even inside hollowed books. (laughs) There you go. And then one cosmonaut hid a bottle in the wristband of a device used for measuring blood pressure. (laughs) Wow, they're like really committed. Some Russian astronauts have also gone on crash diets before blastoff so they can sneak a bottle into their spacesuit without exceeding weight requirements. So with regards to drunken Russian astronauts, I was just thinking like, you know, if there was like an Irish space program and you were like making fun of them bringing whiskey into mm. space, would that be I see what you're inappropriate? Saying. That's all. As, oh. as oh. the like Russian person in the room, I just felt like I should point that out. In defense, it is all that that article was about cosmonaut right only it didn't say anything about americans sneaking alcohol up there i bet american astronauts are pretty boring honestly (laughs) well let's also say we didn't call them alcoholics we're just saying that drinking is a much more accepted part of russian culture okay and it's a much more normalized part of russian culture than it necessarily is in the united states okay yeah and yes yes and not following the Americans' rules is also culturally mm. like they're like, oh yeah, sure, whatever you you get Americans do whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you say, Buzz. Right, right, exactly. Buzz kill. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I, I, all I'm saying is I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, and I wouldn't be surprised if an Irish, you know, cosmon. Do they, do they even have an Irish cosmonaut? I don't, I even don't think they, they do. They no, don't. I think Irish people are much more sensible and want to keep their feet on the fucking mm-hmm. ground. It would oh. seem to me. I mean, all the Irish people I know have no interest in going to outer space. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I just went back to the coffee. I don't think it's a bad coffee. And it's cooled oh. off quite a bit. Like, Oh, you were using the ice pack. Mine still seems... Oh, do you want some ice pack? Yeah. Mine seems extremely warm still. Um, It's cooled down to like lukewarm, so I'm drinking it far side of the moon style right now awesome (laughs) yeah um but it's not terrible and usually when a coffee cools it gets worse right okay i'm finally tasting this coffee it's not bad i mean you know it's freeze-dried coffee out of a pouch but it's not bad yeah 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 i mean i think it's all right black i would i would drink it black if i had nothing else but i'm gonna add some cream and sugar to it See, I'm you figured to... out how to, you need to submit a patent to NASA. I'm watching you just add sugar and MacGyver <laughs> this. It's it's pretty impressive. Um, if I were really NASA, I would have had this prepared ahead of time. But <laughs> So the way NASA does it, they take the pouches. You're up to three rations of coffee a day. Mm-hmm. And they put powdered everything in. So you're not getting simple syrup. Mm. So I'm trying to be true. I mean, they got to think of weight here. Mm. And you figure six months, three times a day mm. of cream and simple syrup. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's more effective to use your leftover pee. Right. To rehydrate. Makes sense. This is the most fun that I've had brewing coffee. Yeah. 
fun to drink out of a pouch no other times are you gonna be able to drink out of a coffee at least out of a pouch mine is finally cooled off enough to lukewarm and it's still like pretty palatable not gonna lie it's not bad yeah it really isn't bad i'm (laughs) i want to add whiskey just for the fun of drinking a whiskey and coffee out of the it's like you read my mind do it (laughs) yeah no opportunity for me to add whipped cream though unless i just spray it into that hole oh how do they do whipped cream in space jenny i don't think you'd be able to go I know. I'm going to try spraying whipped cream into this bag. I think you got more whipped cream on the bag than in it. <laughs> Lift off. Straight to the mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, so that we've definitely learned that it's not easy to put uh, whipped cream in a space bag. I, I don't know if they're having milkshakes or anything up there. The whiskey um, really overpowers the delicate flavor of mm. the coffee. Mm. <laughs> but the whiskey is good. Yeah. Yeah. Is it all right? Yeah. Yeah. It and was what, already not bad. Yeah. How did you like the coffee best? As an instant freeze-dried coffee mixed with hot water in a pouch? I didn't find it to be offensive at all. I found it to be drinkable. Yeah. I added cream and sugar for fun to see how I liked it. I thought that that helped. I added whipped cream to just see if I could get whipped cream in a bag, but I didn't think it needed the whipped cream. I could definitely smuggle this into space for sure. Yeah. Like with the whiskey in it, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I would have no, no reservations doing that. Even just black, this coffee was better than I thought it would be. Yeah. This is top three for sure. Like coffees that we've done as far as taste goes. I enjoy it. It's really not bad. Yeah. yeah. Out of all the questionable coffees, I think that this one was not bad. Yeah. Good luck getting your hands on some, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you actually have better luck getting some of this coffee in your mouth if you are on the international space. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So who's this coffee for, guys? I mean, it's fun to play astronaut if you want to get yourself some pouches and everything, too. But, yeah, if you're the type of person who drinks instant coffee because you're on the run, Hula Girl's pretty good. Yeah. If you're um, into... I David Bowie's could... like alter ego. Yes. Um, Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy oh, Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> That's okay. right. Good job, Steph. This coffee is for Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This coffee is for the person who needs to get away so much <laughs> that they have to travel 240,000 miles to the dark side of the moon <laughs> to enjoy a lukewarm cup of coffee. <laughs> I think that if you wanted to get that experience, maybe just go sit in a closet and shut the door. Oh, and drink some lukewarm and stay coffee. Don't tell anybody where you've gone. <laughs> just stay in there till it's time to come back around and pick up your buddies. That sounds like my Friday nights. Oh, this coffee is for moms, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were in zero gravity, though, so we could do those little, like, the globes of liquids and then... <laughs> on our love it or leave it we're drinking <laughs> coffee in zero gravity so join the patreon hear about that <laughs> all right guys well i think that's it if you enjoyed this episode please tell a friend if you tell a friend and a friend tells a friend then we'll have so many oh, astronomical number of, of <laughs> listeners and that would be awesome um, please like us, review us, whatever, rate us five stars on your favorite podcasting app. If you want to send us an email, you can do that at hello at nobadreviewspodcast.com. We're always taking story ideas, so please go ahead and send something to us for us to add to our spreadsheet. 
Also, um, if you want to find out whether we love it or leave it, the OG coffee that went to the moon, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nobadreviewspod. Follow us on social media at nobadreviewspod. And I think that's it. We love you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.